You are listening to the Movie Cheer Podcast. The best place for movie topics and blockbuster discussions. Welcome to Movie Cheer Town. Now everyone, it's time to spread a bit of movie cheer. Welcome to the Movie Cheer Podcast, the show for movie fans. I am your host AP, aka Mr. Movie Cheer, and on today's edition of the Movie Cheer Pod, I will be discussing Doctor Who actors in movies. Not Doctor Who movies, just other movies in the world. Uh, We are, as of this weekend, as of recording this, this past weekend, it's uh, celebrating the 60th anniversary of the long-running science fiction TV show, British sci-fi show, Doctor Who. Huge big show. Um, obviously, you know, fans from many eras love this show. Um, if you've not heard of Doctor I'm sure even if you've never watched an episode of Doctor Who, you would have heard of Doctor Who before. Uh, such an iconic TV show, especially here in, in, in the UK. Um, so, yeah, it's celebrating its 60th, 60th anniversary. I'm going to be looking at four different actors today and looking at different movies they've appeared in. Uh, four separate movies. So that'll be today's headline topic, ladies and gents. But before we get to today's headline topic, uh, I like to start off the show with a segment called What's Been on the Screen. Ooh, what's been on the screen? What's been on the screen? What have I been watching over this past week, ladies and gents? Well, it has been a few more movies for me this week, and I'm going to start off with a James Bond movie. I think I've actually got it. No, actually, it's over to the to the left of me here, recording here. Um, got out of the, you know, took one out of the DVD collection, and I thought this is one I've not watched. It had dust on this DVD because I've not watched this one in a while. Uh, to be honest. It is a James Bond movie, and the movie is The World Is Not Enough. The Pierce Brosnan movie, released in 1999. Starring Pierce Brosnan, um, Robert Carlyle as the villain in this. You have uh, Denise Richards in there as well, Robbie Coltrane. He's in there. Uh, this was the third movie in the Pierce Brosnan Bond uh, Bond movies. His tenure as the title titular character of James Bond. And yeah, I've not watched this in quite some time. I remember a few years back. This is probably like ten years ago now. When I got the, I got like the DVD. I've got it. If you're watching the video version of this, maybe you're listening to the podcast. But I've got the. It's the 007 collection. I think it's the ones you got in the magazines. Um, I remember just buying it on eBay. The whole collection. But you got the the DVDs. Uh, and I remember years ago, it was the first time I'd watched. Obviously, growing up, I'd watched like the the Pierce Brosnan ones, um, but I'd never I'd seen like the odd Roger Moore one, ro- odd Sean Connery movie, but I'd never had watched them all from start to finish. So I ended up getting that collection and eventually watched them all from start to finish. So that was probably the last time I've watched The World Is Not Enough. So it's been quite some time. Probably probably is like ten years plus. Um, but rewatched it, and if I'm being honest, I I, I quite enjoyed it. I couldn't remember anything from this movie. Look, the Bond movies do, you know, they, they vary a bit, but a lot of them, t- time to time, they are very similar, the story. Um, 
But I, I, I like this. Robert Carlyle, his villain was really good um, in this. His, his villain basically was kind of like a super soldier in a way. So he, he basically the story is he's, his villain is shot in the head. We don't see this on screen. This is like prior to the prior to the story beginning. And he it goes into his brain and he can't feel any pain. And the worse it gets into his brain, this bullet, it makes him, he can't feel pain, but he, they say he becomes more stronger. So it's, it's like he's becoming like this super soldier. Um, but yeah, I, I really, Robert Carlyle's a really good actor. there. Um, it's, uh, he is, you know, I, what I liked as well, the, the link up here with Robert Carlyle and Robbie Coltrane, who, who were in the British TV show Cracker, and they were in one of like the most like popular episodes of Cracker where he played like a uh, like the villain in that as well. And it, it it was cool to see them both in this. And obviously I'd seen it before, but it's just like to re watch it again, you're like, oh yeah, this is this is cool to see. I gotta say though, <laughs> Romy Goldrain's accent, I know he was in a couple of the Bond movies, but I don't know if he was if he started in Goldeneye potentially. I know he was in a few of them. Uh his accent is not that great. It's like a I think it's like an like an like an Eastern European accent that he's trying to do, but you can just hear his 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 accent coming through. And I felt that way a bit with Robert Carlyle. Uh, his accent was coming through a bit sometimes. Uh, but Pierce Brosnan is a is a really good Bond. Um, you've got John Cleese. It's like, it's like little things I forget with these movies. It's like uh, John Cleese. He comes into this movie as Q sort of understudy, and I know in like the next one he is like he becomes Q. And I don't know whether they actually reference him being like the understudy pr previously, but I think this is the last one with the, the original actor of Q. And he kind of has like a little send off where he goes down this this elevator and it sort of like says goodbye. Uh, I think that's like obviously the actor must have been maybe he felt like he couldn't do the role anymore. Or he, he, I, the guy must have been in his like eighties and nineties, so maybe he was he wanted to retire from acting potentially. Um, but it it was good. I like Pierce Brosnan. I think he's a really good Bond. Um, Look, I, I, I like a lot of Bond movies. It, it, like Timothy Dalton as well. I thought he was good before Pierce Brosnan. I think it's a shame he didn't get a better run of the movies. But I think there was stuff going on behind the scenes, uh, as far as I know, like with the MGM and all that at the time. Um, so that's why cause I think we had like a bit of a delay between some of the movies. So um, I, I like I like Pierce Brosnan's Bond movies. They're not perfect. Uh, I, I do think Daniel Craig's ones are better. I think there's better, well-made stories. Don't get me wrong, he's had a few duds as well along the way, Quantum of Solace, but you look, you know, um, it's like that with Bond movies, you get some of them are great, like your Skyfall, and then some of them are, are not so great, and Pierce Brosnan, this is a is a solid movie, I don't think it's like a spectacular one, um, I know a lot of people like Goldeneye, I'm going to have to re-watch Goldeneye and see what that's like, I, I think I might have to just do the whole run of Pierce Brosnan Bond movies, just to to get a feel of them again, just have a rewatch. But yeah, a solid movie, really enjoyable. Um, I, I like Denise Richards as the Bond girl. I think she's great. Um, who doesn't like that? Um, <laughs> Kingdom of Heaven. Let's 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 talk about the next movie. The next movie I wanted to discuss. I, I threw it in there straight away. I'm just I'm just wait. It's the way I'm rolling today. Um, next movie I want to discuss is King Kingdom of Heaven. And this was a recommendation by a member of the Movie Cheer Town community, Mark G. Uh, Mark has recommended movies to me before. He's an awesome guy. And uh, I appreciate this recommendation, Mark. So thank you very much, buddy. Um, Mark recommended ha Kingdom of Heaven quite some time ago. And I think it was um, probably... I think Mark recommended Troy to me, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
And but basically, Mark mentioned this quite some time ago. This movie, Kingdom of Heaven, uh, said I'd like it, and it's something he enjoyed as well. And so I, I gave it a watch. And this was a 2005 movie starring Orlando Bloom. You've got Eva Evergreen, Liam Neeson in there, uh, Dominic Gleeson. There's a lot of um, a lot of British actors in there, and it is. It's like this big battle movie. It's it's focused in the 11th century. Now, I believe it's it's kind of like half fictional, half not fictional. So I think some of it's like similar to Troy, I think, where the story is kind of taken from like myth and it's kind of like thought as a, as a real story. But I, I imagine they've obviously filled in a lot of gaps with uh, the filmmaking, the script writing of this story. Basically, it's a big battle move in the 11th century in Jerusalem, and this big battle between these two different armies, and Orlando Bloom is on this, this he is in charge of this army protecting the city of Jerusalem against this other army, and they must defend it, but the odds are stacked against them. They're taking on this army with better power, better, bigger armies, and they have to defend it, and um, it is a, a great, great movie. He basically starts off as this blacksmith Lando Bloom's character and then he he is then led to Jerusalem by a, a set of different events but basically Liam Neeson plays his character the character of his father in this movie and he approaches him and he says like come with me to Jerusalem be by my side become a, a knight and then he becomes a knight along the way and then you see him then takes over and leading the armies and protecting the city of Jerusalem and it is a really really great i love big battle movies you know like two towers troy was one i'd not watched in years like i hadn't really given a watch to and i give troy a watch and i love that i think troy is a fantastic movie and this is another one i remember watching kingdom of heaven or seeing parts of it years ago and i i, I didn't really think much of it now what i will say this this movie is kind of like a very like a journey of a story it's like it doesn't really end with the battle because it's kind of like a story it's like the journey of Orlando bloom's character it's like growth in the world and going being a blacksmith and going into becoming a knight and then there's the aftermath of the battle what he does after that and it's kind of his life journey his little journeyman story with this uh, which i really like i think there's more battle scenes in the likes of Troy, and I, I will say, I think the the battle scenes in Troy for me personally, I just enjoyed the story a bit more with Troy and the battle scenes a bit more. But this this is this is amazing. The battle scenes in this are equally just as good at times. Um, it reminds me. Now I don't know if any any of you played the games, but a game series. I'm I'm big into like strategy games. I always have been like tactical strategy games, and a game series I used to really love on the PC was the total war game series now total war basically you you, you have like med they have like a rome total war so you take on like a, a an army in roman times and then they have a medieval total war and it reminded me a bit of like medieval total war where you you know you've you you run this army and the scenes are very like they remind me of that game where you you having to run the armies and take down a city and you know you've got your archers your your people on the horses uh, you've got the big towers that are going up to the to the walls where they're climbing up the ladders. And there's some great scenes in this where they're taking down these big big towers that they're trying to break into the to the walls of Jerusalem Jerusalem in this. And Orlando Bloom's army are just fighting to the death to get these towers down. And it's some unreal scenes that the for a, it was a Rid Ridley Scott directed movie, so 
I'll just say him directly and expect something good. You know, this is, I'm pretty sure this is his first movie. Maybe he did something else afterwards, but around, you know, a few years after Gladiator. So if you enjoy Gladiator, if you like that epic storytelling, you you will like this movie. It's it's a really cracking movie. I really enjoyed it. Uh, so yeah, want to say big ups to, uh, to Mark. Thank you very much, Mark, for the recommendation, buddy. Uh, Look, really appreciate, really appreciate the great, really appreciate the great recommendation of a movie here, Kingdom of Heaven. Well worth checking out, ladies and gents. Uh, next up, I'm going to go to the final movie I want to discuss today on what's been on the screen this past week, and the final movie is one I finally got around to watching is Terminator Dark Fate. Uh, this is the sixth movie in the Terminator franchise, the last one to come out. Uh, it was released in 2019. It sees the return of as of Linda, Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor. You've got Arnold uh, rejoining the cast again as T-800, but he gets actually called Carl in this movie, but it's a T-800. Um, and basically, this is, you know, spoilers for the movie. It's come out a few years ago now. I think this movie didn't, didn't do well critically. I think a lot of people didn't enjoy it. I think the Terminator movies do get a bit of a, you know, a bit of a bad reputation with public public opinion. Uh, some of them are pretty bad. I like Terminator One and Two. Terminator Three, I didn't like. Um, Salvation, I really enjoyed because it was a very different story. Uh, Genesis, I've not watched, and this is the first time watching this one. This is kind of the way it's set up. Tim Miller, who directed the first Deadpool movie, he directed this. And I think James Cameron was involved as like a producer. Um, basically, the, the story of this, it's kind of like a direct... It's forgetting all them extra movies. Forgetting Salvation, Terminator 3, um, Genesis. It's a direct sequel to Terminator 2. You realise that from the very get-go. There's footage from Terminator 2 in the, in the story, the very start of the movie, when she's in like the, the, the sort of the prison. And... It's I, I love the way they do a flashback scene basically at the start of the movie. They do the sort of like the CGI to de-age Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor. So you see her like back back in the day, and they kill a young John Connor. So the success they've avoided Judgment Day. John Connor's alive, but then you see another T eight hundred come back, and they're at this beach location, and he shoots and kills John Connor, young John Connor. And again, they use the CGI to create the. The young John Connor from Terminator 2, which is really cool. Then we see in present day, where that future has been has been avoided, even though they they did kill John Connor. Judgment Day didn't happen, but an alternative future has been created. So in the future now, AI has basically become super impressive and took over the world and taken on humans and. Decided to, decided to destroy humans. Skynet does not exist in this future. And basically, it's an AI called Legion that is destroying the world and killing people. And basically, very similar story to, you know, see what Terminator 1. This young girl called Grace, probably like in her 20s, 30s, she is sent back from the future to save this young girl called, I've got all these names written down, called Danny. And 
there's a reason, and I won't spoil the reason, but basically she she is very vital in the story. And the way they sort of like put it out is, you know, she, she is such a... Well, I, you know what, I will do spoilers. Fa- spoilers in five, four, three, two, one. Spoilers ahead. I'm, I'm, let's go over the spoilers. So Danny basically is the future leader of the rebellion against Legion. And Grace, as a young girl, was picked up by... And picked up and protected by Danny, and Danny raised her basically. And Grace is the one who was sent back from the future to help Danny, af- while another Terminator is sent back to kill her. Uh, Grace is not actually a Terminator, though. Just to clarify, she's actually an and <laughs> I'm getting tongues out here. An enhanced human. So she is human, but she's like enhanced. She's had like stuff put in her to enhance her. And we see the story go along, and then. We see them link up with an old Arnie at the end of the movie who's called Carl in this, and he is a T-800, but he basically grew a conscience after the events of killing John Connor and decided to raise a family, and he has his own family and stuff like that. And now he's doing good, and then he comes to, you know, to help uh, Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor doesn't like him because, obviously, he killed her son, but basically they all team up against this new... Um, new Terminator, which is pretty cool, very reminiscent of T2's Terminator, and yeah, I I really I really like the story. I think it's it look, it's no T2. T2 for me is the best. T- Terminator One better than this one as well. I I like I said, I enjoyed Salvation, and I think for me this is up there with Salvation. I think it's a really solid movie and a very uh, enjoyable one as well. I I really am surprised how much I enjoyed it because. I think going into these, you know, Terminator ones, they you've sometimes they can be hit and miss, can't they? Really, um, but yeah, I enjoyed it because I I thought as well because Tim Miller, who directed the Deadpool movie, I like this movie, I like that directing in Deadpool. I thought this is going to be pretty decent. This so really enjoyable, and I like the fact with Salvation they did something really different with the story for me, um where they changed it and they basically made a new John Connor in this character of Danny, who's the new rebellion leader. And you see Sarah Connor say it throughout the story. She she realizes and she wants to protect Danny as well because she says, you're the new John, basically. And it's true. She becomes a new John Connor. And they've went away from the John Connor storyline, which is really good to see. That's what I, I really like the most about this. Um, it's a sh- I don't think they'll ever continue this particular story which is a shame because it feels like there's going to be more to the story like the there could be a sequel easy but i think they i think they will do more terminator movies but i think it'll just be another reboot along the way i, I think we're going to probably get away i i, I think he, look even with arnie in this one he's not used massively in this movie but i liked what they used of him i, I enjoyed i thought it was decent i, I enjoyed the sort of like farewell he got in this movie as well he, he's you know he dies at the end of this movie um and yeah i, I thought it was a really good story so i really enjoy it and if you like terminate or maybe if you're on the fence about about that fate give it a watch well worth checking out but that's what's been on the screen this past week ladies and gents let's get to today's headline topic the movie cheer podcast presents the headline topic for the episode. Remember to spread a head, bit head, of headline topic. Head, head, head. Head, head, head. 
So today's headline topic, Doctor Who actors in movies, and this is all to do with the celebration of the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. Uh, I know this past weekend that they've been doing like these Doctor Who specials, a 60th anniversary, I think it's like a three-parter. I've not watched the episode yet, I I think I will get around to watching it, probably once all the three episodes have been released. I'm not too worried about spoilers, if I'm being honest with Doctor Who, I don't watch Doctor Who, Uh, kind of just... um, throw that out there right now. I have watched Doctor Who over the years. Um, let's talk about who one of my favourite... Well, favorite, I think everyone's got a favourite on the Favourite Doctor Who era. Um, mine would be the Matt Smith era, because that's when I really got into it. I watched a bit of David Tennant's era and a bit of Christopher Eccleston's, but I couldn't really get into either of those. Um, but the Matt Smith era, I watched it from the word go. I watched it all... Well, I didn't watch it all, no. I, I, I'd i be lying if I said I watched it. I think I watched maybe maybe like the last season of his I didn't really watch. I, I think when they changed the the companions to the... Uh, is it Jenny, Jenna Coleman, was it? And I think that's her name anyway. I think I watched a bit of her era, but I couldn't really get into it as much then. I, after like the Amy Pond and Matt Smith, or Amy Pond and the Doctor era, I kind of then just like... It wasn't for me anymore. I kind of just lost track of it. Didn't watch it as much. Uh, I give Peter Capaldi's era a bit of a watch as well. Um, wasn't massively into that. I've not watched any of the recent stuff. Just not for me. I think it's just one of those shows that if you get into it, you love it. Um, if you like a certain Doctor, you get you really enjoy it. And sometimes, I, maybe I will go back to it with the new Doctor coming soon. I'll definitely see what it's like. Probably watch the first episode and see what it's like, the episodes. So... Yeah, everyone's got the favourite Doctor Who era, definitely. But 60 years of Doctor Who. So some great actors have been Doctor Who over the years and also have been companions. And we're going to be discussing some of them companions as well in the world of movies as well on this episode today, celebrating the 60th anniversary. Uh, let's get into it. First one I want to discuss is Peter Capaldi. Um, his era of Doctor Who, like I said, wasn't a big... Fa- you know, I, I actually did like tell you what i did watch the first season or so and then i remember watching i think it was like the set the first episode or second episode of the second season and he <laughs> i remember he come on and he and he had like sunglasses on and he was like playing the guitar and i tuned out massively because it was just it it become i know doctor who is a good show and it is cheesy at times but it, it felt like Capaldi's era was quite serious at first, and I really liked that. It kind of felt like a bit more serious Doctor Who. And then the second season, he was like playing guitar, very childlike, very cheesy again. And I was just like, ah, oh, this is not for me. And that's that's I remember switching off from the Peter Capaldi era. Um, but I do like him as an actor. I think he's a really talented actor. Um, movie I want to discuss with Peter Capaldi in is Suicide Squad. So the Suicide Squad came out in 2021. The um, the second one in the Su- Suicide Squad franchise, this one was directed by James Gunn, uh, the DC Comics property of the squad of metahumans and villains who were put together in a team to go on a top secret mission, and it, this is a really good one, it stars Idris Elba as uh, Bloodsport, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, John Cena is in there as the Peacemaker, um, some of the great cast members as well. Uh, I really enjoyed the first Suicide Squad. I thought that was a really fun movie. And 
I think it's a bit of an underrated movie as well. I think it's, I think people don't look at it as like one of the really good movies, but I, I enjoyed it. I think it's, I think there was a lot going against that. I think a lot of, there was probably comparisons to the likes of Guardians of the Galaxy. And I think with the, the way the DC universe was, because it was all over the place at the time, I think maybe that's what did it no good as well, this movie. Uh, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really solid movie, Suicide Squad. But then leading on to the sequel, The Suicide Squad, I think it's a much better movie. I think it's a much well-made movie, better rounded. I think the characters are much better. And he goes into a lot more detail, James Gunn, with these characters here, the backstories of them. And I feel like you get more of a connection to these characters. I think they just seem more entertaining, exciting to the viewer. And I really enjoyed this movie. So... Peter Capaldi in this movie had a very minor role, I suppose. Um, he played the the thinker in this movie, the one of the villains, the thinker. But his role is very substantial to the main villain of the piece, which is Starro, the Conqueror, who is a big starfish that come from outer space. And he's like the mad scientist who, over the years in this laboratory, uh, worked on Starro and did some really horrible acts to Starro over the years. And he is a bit of a weirdo, the, the thinker. He's like a super genius, but he's a, a mad genius of a character. Um, he, him in the story, he does get his comeuppance in the story uh, of the Suicide Squad. Uh, but yeah, I like him in this role. I thought I remember when he got cast to this role, I thought, I thought it's a really odd casting of Peter Capaldi. I thought maybe, like I, I think of him now more as doing sort of like TV stuff more. I think from doing Doctor Who and when he got the role as the thinker, it's like, wow, that's that's a bit interesting. Because they had the thinker character, if I'm right, on the Flash TV show. And I think it I think I'm pretty sure it was the thinker anyway. And yeah, I thought so they're gonna do that incarnation again, a second incarnation, but on the Suicide Squad movie, and I thought that seems like a bit of an odd casting, really, Peter Cavalli. But you know what? He works really well in this movie. I like him. I like the scenes in the bar when the Suicide Squad go into the bar and they sort of kidnap Peter Capaldi's character to take him and them to the big tower where Star always held because they need to destroy it. But yeah, solid movie. Uh, the Suicide Squad with Peter Capaldi in. Great movie. Uh, next, I'm going to move on to another appearance by another Doctor. The Doctor that came before Peter Capaldi, my favourite, as I said at the start of the show, and that is Matt Smith in Last Night in Soho, released in 2021, directed by Edgar Wright. Uh, Edgar Wright, well-known for doing movies like Hot Fools, Shaun of the Dead, um, World's End, one of my recent favourites, Baby Driver, fantastic movie. Uh, Last Night in Soho is really, very much a, you know, a step away from what he'd done previously, directing-wise, for Edgar Wright. Uh, I've spoke about this, I watched this movie for the first time this past year, and it is, for me, one of my favourite movies I've watched this year. It's a psychological horror movie, uh, psychological horror film, and it is, I, I won't go into details, and I won't even go into spoilers with this one, because if I mention anything really too much in detail, it will give away stuff, but such a weird movie. I'll give you a little premise, a uh, brief premise of this movie. So, Basically, uh, there's this young girl called Ellie. She's a fashion stu student in current day in London. She's a bit of a kind of like, a, sort of like, she doesn't hang around with the popular people of the, the university. She's kind of like a, 
you know, a bit of an outcast to the world. And she goes into the dorms at first, she doesn't get on, and she ends up renting out this this room in this flat. And it's got like a 60s vibe. The, the flat, it's like run by this old lady and it's obviously not been decorated in years. But she loves it because she's into like 60s fashion and all this. And she basically goes to sleep at night and then she has this really vivid dream of going back to the 60s and going into the nightclubs. And she sees this young girl of probably the same age called Sandy, played by Anna Taylor-Joy. Now, basically, Ellie is played by uh, the actress. I think I've got a name here. I've got all these names. I, I write all these names down. So it's Thomason McKenzie. Anna Taylor-Joy plays the character of Sandy, who is the girl from the 60s. So basically, the character of Ellie, she goes to sleep. She sees has this dream of the 60s. And she sees this girl, young girl called Sandy, who's a promising singer who goes to this club and she meets this gentleman called Jack, who's played by Matt Smith. And he takes her in and, you know, promises her the world and promises her this great career in singing, singing in the clubs like Scylla Black of the time. And you see this story go into this really, you know, this horrible tale of, uh, you know, this sinister character of Jack, what he's truly about, and this really odd story of Sandy. And you see Ellie seeing these, you see these horrible events happening in the life of Sandy. And then there's a realization that these are, are not like a dream. It's a, these things did happen. And she's then in current day trying to find police reports and stuff like this. And then she sees more violence and criminal acts take place in the sixties and more dreams she goes in. And then it's kind of linking up with, you know, present day time as well. The story, it's such a a bizarre story. I thought when I watched that, because I never knew anything about the story, what it was about. And I remember watching this and thinking, this is such a great story because it's so, I always say, I like a movie that's a bit weird. And this movie is very weird at times. You're watching it and it's it's a movie story. You don't expect the ending, personally. I, that's why I felt like it really is a fantastic story. Well made, well structured. And I love the 60s vibe. I'm not big into 60s music personally but i do like the odd 60s song here and there and i i like the the music and this is really fun and you, you know you listen to it and you I, some of it i weren't even familiar with but i really enjoyed it so it was re a very well-made movie and a very enjoyable one from edgar wright again he never disappoints but i like the character of matt smith thought he was a very good casting in this as well uh as jack and there's a lot to this character of jack a very complex character i feel in this story so one well worth checking out last night in Soho. Now let's move on to another movie starring a Doctor Who actor. And the next movie is a 2014 release. And it is Guardians of the Galaxy, the Marvel property. The first Guardians, uh, first Guardians of the Galaxy was the first Marvel story to take in play, place in space. Uh, going into this more cosmic side of the MCU taking a bunch of characters from a comic book series and not a lot of people were well aware of, myself included. I didn't really know what Guardians of the Galaxy was before the movie came out, but the trailers looked amazing and the movie delivered this epic comedy action superhero movie with Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, again, another one directed by James Gunn, starring Chris Pratt, um, Zoe Zaldana, Dave Bautista, and also the actor I want to discuss here is the actor who played Amy Pond in Matt Smith's run of Doctor Who, and it is um, Karen Gillian, and she played Nebula in this movie. 
And I really love her performance in this movie, but also her journey throughout the MCU of uh, Nebula. Nebula is the the adopted daughter of Thanos. Thanos, the big, big bad villain of the MCU. Uh, she's the half-sister of Gamora, and she's this alien-like figure. She's got like this blue skin, shaved head. She's half cyborg, really, in this movie, because all her bones have been sort of like transformed into robotic bones. Um, she in this first movie, she is, you know, she's like the 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 dog, <laughs> the pit bull of of Thanos. She, you know, he sends her off to to find the Infinity Stone, but then she takes on the Guardians who have the stone throughout this story. She's fighting her sister as well throughout the story, Gamora, and. It's, you know, she's a villainous character in this first movie. But then, as you see, time goes on. In the third movie, she's a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy, which is great. And you see that progression through all of those movies, the Avengers movies, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And it's very enjoyable to see that character progression over the years. And look, I I enjoyed her as, as Amy Pond in the Doctor Who series. And it was kind of very weird to see her go to movies because i know she's been in, like jumanji as well i forget you know that's another one i could have easily done today jumanji the uh jumanji movies i forgot she, she was in them i enjoy them as well but yeah guardians of the galaxy still is for me probably one of her most uh for me memorable and most enjoyable movies i've watched with her featured in and she's a very prominent role in this movie as well very prominent but i always thought she 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 has a very strong welch accent um karen gilliam especially in Doctor Who, and I thought, oh, wow, will she be able to do any other accents? And and when she was cast, I thought, it seems very odd for her to be in, like, a Marvel movie, because she's got, like, a thick Welch accent, and she is she is Welch, I'm sure she, she must be Welch, or maybe I'm just thinking because she was a Welch in, in Doctor Who, I'm pretty sure she is Welch. Um, but watch, it'll turn out now she's not Welch. <laughs> I wish she's not even Welch. Um, it turns out that that's what acting is, you know. Um, but basically, she, <laughs> she, she in this movie, she, you know, there's no Wel- there's no Welch accent, <laughs> and uh, and and in another in the other movie she's in, there's no Welch accent as well. Not this is not a diss on the Welch accent. I, look, I got nothing against Welch people, um, but I just thought it's a it's a very strong accent to, in a Hollywood a Hollywood movie. But she yeah she doesn't do the Welch accent, and in a Marvel movie it would have been weird like an alien character to have a Welch accent. <laughs> oh man, um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was a, a Guardians of the Galaxy. I remember watching this in the cinema and I loved it. The soundtrack, the story, something completely new from a superhero movie. Fresh, great. I loved it. Superb. Now, let's move on to the final, the fourth and final movie starring a Doctor Who actor. And this is Christopher Eccleston in G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, released in 2000 and what year was this i think it's 2000 i've got 2019 wrote down but it's definitely not that i think it's 2009 this movie it was definitely it wasn't 2019 it was 2009 uh, gi joe rise of cobra christopher eccleston plays the character of james mccullen aka destro in this movie he plays this sort of like um <clears throat> weapons designer in the story basically we see the start of the movie 
his ancestors, basically the McCullum family, uh, one of his ancestors was put was like done for certain crimes, and basically he was put in this iron mask. His face was burnt, and he was put in this iron mask. And we see McCullum now wants to restore his family's legacy throughout the story. He is the villain of the piece against G.I. Joe. And then we see near the end of the movie, he becomes Destro. He gets like this metallic skin because his face gets burned. And then the doctor in this movie puts these nanobites in his skin and he gets this metallic skull. Now, the character, I don't I don't think it does feature the character in the second movie. Uh, or it, it features it briefly, but you don't see that character active because he doesn't return for the second G.I. Joe movie. But I do like Christopher Eccleston in this movie. So Christopher Eccleston... Let's talk about him as Doctor Who. He came back when Doctor Who returned after many years of a break. I think they, it stopped in like the 1990s, if I'm right, and it come back in the early 2000s with him as Doctor Who. He only did one season because I think he, I think at the time, if I remember reading rightly, he didn't want to be typecast as the role, and that's why he only did one season. Um, I remember watching first few episodes, and it just wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. I found it very cheesy. Uh, just, I, yeah, wasn't for me Doctor Who at that time, that reboot, I, I, I wasn't a Doctor Who fan really, and what I will say though, I, I liked his acting performances before Doctor Who as well, uh, I liked him in, I've mentioned it already today, in today's episode, Cracker, he played a character in Cracker for a few years, and I thought he was great in that, he, you know, I think he was like the, one of the police inspectors, like one of the leader of the police service in Cracker, and that he was very good in that, and he has done stuff since, and I, I, he was in like four, the four movie, Dark World, the second four movie, so he doesn't do as many movies now, I don't see him as much, but I do like Christopher Eccleston's character as an actor, I think he's a very, very good actor, and maybe some, uh, you know, further down the line, I'll probably re-watch them, Doctor Who's, and see maybe if I feel different about them, but I really like him as the villain in Rise of Cold, but let's talk about this movie, I'm a big fan of the G.I. Joe movies, you know, based on the toy line and then you have the cartoon in the 80s. Um, I've enjoyed the two movies they did and then obviously they did the spin-off of Snake Eyes as well. But I thought the two movies, first of all, were great. I know they're meant to be doing more now linked with the Transformers movies as well, which is going to be great to see. But I think it's a really good property, G.I. Joe. I love all the different characters, you know, like these weird costumes and different abilities. I think it's a great story. I think him as a villain is great in this. I think the sequel is better because I think the suit's a bit more accurate to the toy line, which I really like. Um, and it just feels like a bit better, more well-rounded story, the second movie. But I think the first one is still a solid movie. I think if you like action, if you like that superhero genre, um, G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, it's over-the-top entertainment. I like it. And Christopher Eccleston, the Doctor Who, the Doctor Who came back as this for this reboot of Doctor Who, he features as the villain in this. Well worth checking out this one. Rise of the Cobra, well worth it, ladies and gents. But that is it for the headline topic of celebrating the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. I just want to say happy birthday to Doctor Who. Happy birthday, Doctor Who. Yeah, 60 years, that is superb. I, I'm, you don't get that, that, that often. You know, TV shows now, when are you going to get a TV show that lasts 60 years that starts right now? I think it's going to be hard to beat that one. Maybe, um, what's that comedy show called? The one with Danny DeVito in, um, I, think, I can't think what it's called now. 
my brains went a blank. <laughs> I can't I can't think of it. Um, but basically, maybe that'll last 60 years. That's been on for quite some time. But yeah, it's uh, it's pretty great. It's pretty pretty un- unbelievable. 60 years of great storytelling. Uh, look, not everything's for me, Doctor Who, but there's some great stories over the years. The movie, some of the movie spin-offs as well have been great to see. So yeah, happy birthday, Doctor Who. Now let's move on with the next segment of today's show. Case covers take on other case covers. Can you handle that? Case cover collision. Case cover collision. Case cover collision. Each and every week I choose a different movie and look at the different case covers for that movie and put them up against each other on case cover collision to find out which one is the best case cover. Now this week on case cover collision I'll be looking at the movie Aliens. That is right, Aliens. Um, Great movie first of all, James Cameron's Aliens. Uh, They're doing a new 4K release of this soon, Uh, the first 4K release I believe and um, it has, um, today we're going to be looking at the DVD, the Blu-ray that came out a few years back, and the new 4K cover as well. Uh, but yeah, Aliens as a movie, let's talk about this movie. I, I I hadn't watched them growing up, the Aliens movies. A few years ago, I you know I had the DVD box set for quite some time. I decided, let's give them a go, watch them, and I really enjoyed the Aliens movies. I think Aliens is probably my favourite of the franchise. Uh, I do like Alien, but Aliens is just a bit more of a battle movie, a bit more of, you know, there's a lot more action going in, and I, I really enjoy that, and I'm, I'm I'm really, I think it's great to see that they're doing a 4K release of it, I, I know a lot of people wanted that, and they announced it on the slate of new, J, the James Cameron movies getting 4K releases, we had, I think it's True Lies, uh, The Abyss, and Aliens all getting 4K treatment, so let's first of all look at the 4K release, now I'm just going to say a bit of a caveat before going into this, I've just noticed this um, really unprepared, unprofessional of me. Uh, it does say on the cover for the 4K cover, creative, not final, and subject to change. Now, they've released all these covers, and I thought it was all final. And to me, it looks like this is probably going to be the final artwork. Um, but just take that with a pinch of salt that this may not be the final artwork for this 4K cover. So just a, a kind of bit of a disclaimer there. Uh, just to say it could potentially change but let's look at it what it is now this looks pretty final to me this is why i chose this one so the 4k cover for aliens let's take a look at it so you've got the character of ripley and the the young girl sigourney weaver's character uh front and center they're looking into the distance it looks like they're you know this could be a shot near the near the end of the movie and um basically she's taking care of this young girl they've been in battles with the aliens and you know they look like they look like they've had a bad day at the office. Uh, in the background, you've got some really great colors going on. You've got like these the blues, some oranges, and you see all the xenomorph X in the background at the bottom bottom half of this cover. Uh, what I like about as well about the if you look at Sigourney Weaver's face, the shadows they use on her face here is really really good to see. You know they good use of shadows it makes it look a bit more in depth pay more detail to the cover and not just like a you know a, a cover just a shot from the movie they've really put some detail into the shading of the the different characters here her and the young girl and the shadows i really like that and it's it's really nice splash of colors in the in the top bit then you've got like 
it looks like all smoke and space into the blue blue color. Uh, then you have the main logo of Aliens to the middle right of the case cover here, which is really well done. It's got like a bit of a, a yellow orangey tint around it, which I think really just gives it a bit of a nice little touch to it. I like that at the top of the screen. It says a film by James Cameron in a white, simple font, but you get it though. It's a James Cameron movie. I like this movie cover. I think it's great. I think it looks to me like a very like like a Mad Max sort of vibe. You're looking at it and you think there's going to be these two have been through a battle. It looks like a sort of like a science fiction movie cover for me. I think it's well done. I like this 4K. I do really enjoy it. And now let's move on to another case cover. We're going to look at the Blu-ray cover. This come out, I think it was about 2018, this case cover came out. Or 2018, 2019. Uh, we have the Xenomorph here at the front. You know, it's a close-up shot of the Xenomorph, this Blu-ray cover. And it's like a, it's got a green and black color scheme to it. So it's like, it's not in its natural color. It's got this blue, green and black color to it. Looks like kind of like an X-ray of of the Xenomorph in a way, and it's just looking at it. And you've got its you know its teeth showing. It's looking very scurry. I think maybe they probably would hide this from shelves in DVD shops and like HMVs because this would scur. I think if a kid's seen this, it would be pretty scurry for a kid to see. I know if I saw this as a kid, I'd be pretty scared. Uh, he's not got the best teeth, this guy. <laughs> uh, this Xenomorph, you see his teeth, and it's the detail you see here. It looks. Like, unreal the detail of this. Very, very scary. Uh, on the head of the Xenomorph we have, it says, This time it's war, in very small text. And then in the middle, across the face, across the eyes of it, we have the alien text. And it's kind of got like, where's the last color that had like an orange yellowy tint around it? It's got like this green tint to continue that color scheme. Uh, and then surrounding it, it goes into like fades into a black color. Uh, I, I love this cover. I think. For me, it is, it just hits, it pops a bit more than the 4K personally. Because you look at this and it's like, oh yes. You know, you, you see this cover and you know it's science fiction. And you know that that's the villain and it's going to be horrible to take on this villain. And um, for me, that's why so far on Case Collision this week, the Blu-ray cover is winning through for me. I think it's a, a great looking cover, this one, the Blu-ray. Uh, let's move on to the final case cover here on Case Cover Collision this past this week. And we have the standard DVD case cover uh, that was released many years ago now. I think this was probably for the VHS as well uh, back, back in the day. And it is a very similar cover. It's got the Xenomorph here and it's basically, you see it in the a black cover basically. Black cover, There's a, you see the side on face of Xenomorph. And it's like got like a blue smoky tint around it. And you see like the shadows of it. And you see this like, it's kind of like a bit of a silhouette really. And then the text of Aliens is in this sort of like blue tint as well. But it's flipped on its side to the right hand side. Going all the way down the screen of the case cover for this one. And it's in, it. you know, it stands out a lot. I think the text for this one, the actual image doesn't pop it's the actual text of Aliens that really pops for me in this one. Because the Aliens text really just looks great. I think the blue works really well with this, with the black background. And I think the black background, whereas I would sometimes say it's not a lot of thought in it and it's sim too simple, I think it's good in this because you've got that scur factor of the Xenomorph. And you're just like very fearful of that. And then you see just like 
black darkness and it's just, you just see that glimpse of it and it's just like that's terrifying and i feel like that's the kind of vibe they've kind of went for this cover on this one for the alien so um i i do like this dvd cover I, it is as simple as it is and as basic as it is for the time as well i i do like it and it is kind of quite iconic so which one is my favorite and which one is the winner of this week's edition of case cover collision I've got to go with the Blu-ray cover. The Blu-ray cover is my favourite. I think that is a terrifying cover. I think it looks awesome, though. The green works really well, but having the alien's face on the front of that cover looks terrifying. You see his teeth, you see his heart, his face, you see everything, and it just really is a fantastic cover. I, look, I like the 4K as well. It looks nice, but for me, that Blu-ray is just so solid. It is a gr great cover, great-looking cover. So that is it. The Blu-ray one is the winner of this week's edition of Case Cover Collision. Now let's move on with the rest of today's show. The Amazon Top 10 is approaching. Prepare yourself. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. Four, three, two, one. The Amazon Top 10 has arrived. The Amazon Top 10. Each and every week I give you the Amazon Top 10 for Amazon.co.uk, the best sellers list for DVDs, Blu-rays and 4Ks, ladies and gents. So let's go for it. The Top 10 list for this past week and we have at number 10, we have uh, Lord of the Rings, the trilogy on 4K. That's the theatrical and extended cuts. That's at number 10. At number 9, we have the Super Mario Brothers movie on DVD. At number 8, we have Transformers Rise of the Beast on DVD. And number 7, it is the pre-order of the Doctor Who 60th Anniversary Special Steelbook. And I believe that's the that must be the Blu-ray. Uh, the number six we have Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One on Blu-ray. And number five we have Barbie on DVD, the Barbie movie. And number four we have Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One again on DVD. At number four, and the top three this week is at number three is the 4K of Oppenheimer. That's at number three. The Blu-ray of Oppenheimer is at number two, and believe it or not. At number one, we have the DVD of Oppenheimer. At number one, leading the pack of the Amazon Top 10 this week, ladies and gents. So that's the Amazon Top 10 over and done with. Let's go to the final segment of today's show. The final segment of today's show is Not So Worthy Blockbuster Housekeeping. This is the final part of the show where I just like to have a chilled out discussion Talk about the show, talk about what's going on with the YouTube channel, with what's going on with the Movie Cheer Town community, and just an end chit-chat for the end of the show. So, uh, what's been going on in Movie Cheer Town, ladies and gents? Well, first of all, let's say, you know, this is going to be the last podcast of 2023. Not of forever. Uh, I will be back with the podcast in 2024. I do like to take a bit of a break over Christmas, if I'm being honest. Um yeah, I, I did it. I think I did it last year. I, I, I've not said... I, you know what? I might do more more stuff, more videos, potentially. See where I'm up to with time. And, 
Yeah, to see how it goes. But yeah, it's the last podcast. I thought, you know, a break really does me good, if I'm being honest. So it's the last one, and I will be back in, in January, obviously, for, for more podcasts, which I'm looking forward to coming back and doing more podcasts, definitely. But uh, with that being said, obviously, we, we might do more streams. We might do stuff throughout December, potentially. But I just want to say a big thank you. Big thank you to everyone who has supported the channel, support the podcast, who's commented, subscribed to the channel this past year, uh, who's collaborated on the podcast. Big thank you. Honestly, it really always, you know, I always appreciate the support and I always appreciate the community as well. The community and the connection with people. That's the only reason I do it. It's 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 a fun hobby for me. Um and I enjoy the you know, interaction with people and that's why I enjoy doing this podcast. So a big thank you to all of you out there. Thank you for everyone in Movie Cheer Town for for being a part of this show. Honestly. Really do appreciate it a lot. Um feelings on this year, you know, look uh, let's do a bit of a, a look back on this year. Like uh, it has been a bit of a you know for me personally, I took a few breaks for kind of some personal development stuff this year. So I took a few breaks throughout the year. And at times, it, you know, I, it, it does me good. And the same like now with, with, with Christmas, I think, you know, you do need a break from doing stuff to also to come back and enjoy it more. And for me, a lot of the time, you know, when I was taking breaks, it wasn't anything to do with doing YouTube stuff. It was just for me personally, I just need some breaks this put this year um, with stuff. And, and Looking back, I would have loved to have done more content, if I'm being honest. I feel like we could have done, I, I could have put more into the channel this year. Uh, particularly like the stuff like the the live podcast and doing the the like the pay per view shows because I, I stopped doing them this year about halfway through because it just become a point where I couldn't plan them as much just with time and with stuff going on, and it's just one of those where. I, that is one thing in 2024 I'd love to, well, I want to go back to doing. So like, definitely doing the live shows because I really enjoyed, for me, the best episodes we do in this podcast are the collaborations, um, getting other people involved and doing show 100 this year was amazing. Getting all of them different and people who who didn't know each other and, and obviously it was pre-recorded so we had, you know, mismatch of, we had different people coming on and it was, it, it was, it was great but then seeing people then interact afterwards and stuff like that, and um, it, it's it's nice. I, I, it was great to get all them people involved in that show 100 um, episode. I love that, and as always, though, like, like I said, the the you know, I, I for me when I take them breaks as well, I, I miss the interaction as well. For me, it's I I always enjoy the interaction straight away, putting up a video and and people discussing different topics and things and replies to and giving their thoughts and I, that's what i really do enjoy so doing live episodes next year will be something to do i will be something i want to get back to doing live collaborations every so often um doing stuff like that will be good to do so uh, th- they're the goals for next year but next year is a you know it's another year but it's i i don't like to look back too much with regret with things, I think that this is a good thing for life, and I, I, I suppose with age you learn that. And I don't like to regret stuff. For me, it's more learn from it and move forward and improve upon it. I, I don't like to look back and think like, "Oh, I could have done it there. I could have done it there." So I think a better perspective to take is, you know what? I didn't do it as much this year. Next year, I will 
try and do stuff what we did the year prior where we did more we did more live stuff and go from there and look at it not as a regret look at it more as a, a productive error in the in the way and just think of it you can improve from that error and that's the way i like to look at things really so i've always got a, a positive out, outlook on things a positive perspective with things and i think it's always good i'm always a glass half full um but i want to say honestly this past week and maybe this will go down but big smile on my face and i think we're gonna have to do it like a some sort of video celebrating this but 1000 subscribers that was the goal for this year for the channel and this past week we got over 1k subs and that is awesome watch it'll go down to like 900 now or something <laughs> so i don't care we got it we hit 1k if it goes down again now i don't care but uh oh that is awesome um look if i i, I see it i've seen people who've been subscribed to the channel for couple of years now and it's great to see people coming back to the channel the, they're the people like, like you get some people who just come and go but the people who are really part of this community i know them names i can see them names they know who they are you are a big part of the community and just thank you to everyone obviously some of them might be bots <laughs> some of these subscribers might be spam bots uh if they are hello uh, if not though but um yeah Thank you, but honestly, big thank you to all the subscribers. 1K is an awesome. I know it's a number, it's only a number, but I thought it was a really nice little goal. I like setting little goals, and I thought it was a really cool goal to get up to in 2023. So, uh, the goal for 2024 is a million subscribers. <laughs> yeah, sure, we'll do that. Um, but yeah, that's that's we'll we'll maybe have to lower them expectations for next year. But it's been a great year, and like I said, I I just want to say to all of you who moved here down. Uh, I hope you all have a great uh, period over December that's with the, you know, Christmas, uh, with New Year, whatever you celebrate over, over the Christmas time. Uh, Want to wish you all well to all your families. Have a great time yourself as well and have a great safe time over the December period. Ladies and gents, thank you for being a part of the Movie Year Town. I appreciate it very much. So, that's it for the episode. If you enjoyed this episode today, please do give it a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube and leave a comment below. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're not already subscribed, if you're watching on the video version as well. If you're listening to this on a podcast app of your choice, please do subscribe to the app and leave a five-star review. Uh, all reviews really do help this podcast to grow even more, ladies and gents. Uh, it's been a great show. What do you think of today's topics? What is your favorite movie with a Doctor Who actor in? What are some of your favorites? Let me know your thoughts on mine. Uh, what case cover collision? Which was your favorite Aliens case cover, ladies and gents? Let me know. Uh, Kingdom of Heaven. What did you think of that movie? You, you were a fan of that movie? And Terminator Dark Fate. Thoughts on that? Is it is it a really good movie? Or is it kind of another mediocre Terminator sequel? Uh, let me know all your thoughts. Thank you for watching, ladies and gents. Remember to spread a bit of movie cheer. And as always, I will see you next time.